This is the Nonprofit Hour. This is Phil Bussey, and I'm talking with Nick Johnson from Willamette Week's Give Guide. And, I mean, is there – because we've been talking a lot about how the nonprofits, uh, you and Willamette Week and the Give Guide help coach them uh, to create uh, their own marketing campaign, whether that's through social media or that's through events. Um, is there any advice that you can give to somebody who wants to give – on how they should use that give guide because mm. it's a huge menu. Yeah, it's 140 things. I mean, that's that's a massive thing, and and people are usually choosing three or four. Correct. Um, my best piece of advice is, you know, either sit down with a copy of the guide, which will be included in the November 4th issue of Willamette Week, and just go through it, um, or visit the site and maybe think about what you know values you care about and. Um, and maybe find those groups. And if you care about health, you know, health and wellness, I mean, we break this down into eight categories. So that's as meta as the list gets. Um, animals, arts, community, community having a lot to do with housing issues uh, and, and um, houselessness, um, education, environment, health and wellness, social action, and youth. And so that's how we break it down. Um, to a certain degree, and then maybe make a list initially, maybe set up a little bit of a, like, what are you comfortable with spending this year? Is it one $10 gift? Is it 50? Is it a hundred? Is it 200? Uh, is it a thousand? And then find those groups that really speak to you. Um, all of their profiles online then can have outbound links to their sites. If you want to do more research on them. Uh, this is really a starting point. Uh, it's very brief as as a guide should be. It's not. It's not. Com- we don't do a comprehensive overview of these nonprofits, but um, a lot of them will have annual reports if you really want to see kind of what impact they've had in the prior year. And 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 do you have any advice? I mean, if you have a hundred dollars that you're planning to yeah. give, are you are you the type that that thinks, well, I give a hundred dollars and that's going to make one big impact for an organization, mm. or or should I give to five? Should I spread the love? Uh, you know. I really think that's up to the donor. Um, if it's your first year, it might be fun to give to 10 of them, do 10, 10, $10 to 10, and, and in, in the coming year, um, see, how, see what that kind of connection you have with that nonprofit is. Are they reaching out to you? Are you maybe going to go volunteer for one? Maybe you want to join their board. And, and as time goes by, maybe you, maybe you consider having a more direct impact on a few. Um, it really... It really depends. I I save my money and then I I give smaller amounts to a lot of groups. Um, that's how I've done it. Um, in in the time being, my first year I gave a gift to one nonprofit, and now every year I'm like, okay, how do I find a way to give to a few more? Uh, you know, and it, it it just kind of I don't know. It's it's a very fluid fluid thing. So. This is the Nonprofit Hour. I'm Phil Bussey, the host. I'm talking with Nick Johnson from Willamette Week's Give Guide. We're talking about the upcoming Give Guide. And, yeah, it's it's one of the things that must be really fascinating about the job that you have uh, is you must be able to spot some trends. You know, I mean, I'm just, just guessing, but the community section that you have right now, I, I, would, I would imagine mm-hmm. with the housing issues being what they are mm-hmm. in the city, that is – that something that's trending more than others that you're seeing more applications from those kinds of groups um i don't know if we've seen more but it seems like that section alone it just really like the groups in that the nonprofits selected that self-select themselves into community um um 
are really housing and poverty focused. And I've almost thought about maybe we should just have like a a housing or house or, you know, fair housing. I don't know how we would title that category, but one focused on that because if you follow local politics, um, especially right now, this is this is a big issue, not just for people who don't have homes, but people for who have homes that are renting them and feeling the, the, the kind of surge in pricing. Um, and so I think we're, as a city, going through a kind of a big identity identity crisis over that. Um, health clinics, there are a lot of those in the health. I mean, just access to health care in, in a variety of forms, that's a big, um, another big issue that as a nation, you know, there was a, a health care, you know, law passed that is helping some people, but there's still a lot of need out there. Um, and... Um, it makes me think is the not, you know, nonprofits get to experiment. They get to fill in needs where our government or our private industry doesn't, um, work out, but it makes me think, are some of these things only going to be done by nonprofits or maybe some of these things need to be addressed holistically by, by our elected officials and, and housing to me, the groups that exist are doing fantastic work, but for them to have the capacity to, to house every person in Portland, I don't know if that's something nonprofits will ever be able to accomplish or healthcare. I don't know if nonprofits can completely fill in. That's my, this is just my personal opinion. But when you start to see a huge range of, of free health clinics, you start to ask yourself, is this really the way that this issue is going to be addressed holistically? And so those are really the two that, that stand out to me the most education as well. Again, you know, these are the three big things that, you know, are always struggling for funding. Um, and so those are, those are the categories that I just, they may, you just look at that list and it's both exciting to see people working on them, but it's also a little, it's a little intimidating to think about how they might actually, we might actually find a way to, to address the needs. Yeah, that's an, that is an odd dichotomy because I mean, you, you're, you're helping, you're helping uh, mm-hmm. with all these positive trends people doing good work, but at the same time, a lot of times nonprofits are existing mm-hmm. because there's problems. Yep. And there's, there's you know, you have uh, yep. the wonderful that is, is also going along with the, the not so wonderful. Yep. And my attitude is we shouldn't not do something because we can't do it all. And, and then, you know, we should be voting. And, and that's the other side of this is a lot of people don't vote. And uh, that means that a lot of these issues aren't being addressed, I think, to the degree that they need to be. And so I, I, I kind of look at it as, again, a dichotomy where we shouldn't stop doing what we can. And hopefully we can do a little bit more every year. But at the same time, you have to think about the broader picture. And, and that really does end up in the, in the political, the political public funded, you know, publicly funded sphere. So. Nick, before we go to another music break, I want to talk a little bit about you. Um, so you you had been working at Willamette Week. You said you had been the office manager. Correct. And this job opportunity came up. Mm-hmm. Um, had you been somebody that was involved in nonprofits at that point? Yeah, I had been. I had been um, shortly after graduating from school and returning to Portland in 2007, a year later, I joined the board of another great small music-focused nonprofit named PDX Pop Now. Um, purely just out of my love of music and my frustration that if you're under 21, you can't go see a lot of live music. Or enjoying this really amazing music scene here, you have to have $10, $15 to go to a show. Uh, and so I joined that board um, and was the fundraising coordinator starting in 2008. Right, you know, I like met with them to join the board, and then the next day the economy 
the whole meltdown happened and I was like, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> but I was like, this is my opportunity to, to engage more uh, with this organization that I care about. And um, a year later, we were in GiveGuide and I didn't really know what GiveGuide was in the context of Willamette Week. I hadn't started working there. And then uh, a year later, in 2010, I started working at Willamette Week and it turns out that the you know my boss, the publisher, was the guy who started uh, GiveGuide and he was fairly intrigued by the success that we had had as a small group, specifically getting younger donors, 35 and under, to give. Uh, one year we actually won the overall 35 and under competition. We beat out Planned Parenthood, which is a pretty big deal. And um, I, eventually I said, you know, at that point it was a seasonal kind of part-time job. And I, and I said, you know, if this is ever a full-time, if there's ever a full-time opportunity to run GiveGuide, and as it's growing, it was going to have to happen. I would love to be considered for the position. And a year later, he said, I think we you know, we can afford to bring you on full-time to do this. And so I transitioned uh, into GiveGuide. And I, who would have thought volunteering at a free music festival leading to this? But it just kind of very, you know, looking back, the, the dots make sense. But looking forward as a, as a 22-year-old, I none of that made sense would have made if, sense if you could go back in time is there yeah. a certain piece of advice that you'd give yourself back when you were starting PDX Pop or um, I had the funny uh, actually last year I was asked to go speak in front of a bunch of graduate students in the art art administration art nonprofit administration program at, at U of O and I said to them fine you know you have you have a graduate degree so you have a pretty serious qualification to work at a nonprofit, but in the intervening time, because job market is tough, is if there's a nonprofit field mission that is really speaking to you, go volunteer for it, get on the board, get involved, uh, and so um, that's what I did. I didn't really; it wasn't really a strategy for a career path. I didn't know what I wanted to do at the time, um, and so that would have been my advice. Would have been, you know, you love this. Uh, so get involved and volunteer. And it was like a second job for me for a few years because I had work that I was doing that I didn't really, uh, find engaging or interesting, but I, I knew that I needed to find it, you know, in some way during the day to do something I cared about. And, you know, that was like my friends who are musicians or artists or whatever. A lot of us at the time, because of the economy, were just, you know, finding a way to make a living. And then also, you know, um, putting our passion into something else that, you know, it, it has worked out this far. I feel very lucky. I, again, I had no idea that this would, this would play out the way it did. So that seems like a great setup for, uh, the final musical selection. Yeah. yeah. And I ha actually booked PDX Pop my, now my last year, which was really fun. And so that's kind of why I'm pushing all these local bands. And this song is uh, called in films by a band named chromatics. Fantastic.
That was In Films by Chromatics. I'm Phil Bussey. This is the Nonprofit Hour. We're talking with Nick Johnson, who's executive director, uh, first full-time executive director. Correct, yep. For Willamette Week's Give Guide. Uh, it's It's got to be an uh, exciting you know, time of year for you. You have sort of seven weeks of go time. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of planning to get to this point. Um, what what are you most uh, anxious about? What are you most excited about for the Give Guide this year? Um, well, I'm anxious about a lot of stuff, as <laughs> as um, that's kind of my responsibility. Uh, you know, in the next two weeks, we will lay out a hundred page print guide, and that's that's you know one heck of an experience. Uh, Relaunch, re refresh our website, and then we're planning an 800 person party at Revolution Hall to kick this off, and. We've also brought in a new media partner to help with the marketing campaign, and they're developing all that right now. So there's just going to be an avalanche of stuff to do in the next two and a half, two and a half weeks. So that on November fourth, we're ready to go. Um, it's, you know, I I have a lot of reporting when it comes to comparing ourselves versus prior years and their trends day to day, and so um, I I really. Don't get. I don't really take a deep breath until 12:01 a.m. on January 1st, uh, when I know that we've accomplished what we've set out to do. And last year, 70% of the groups in Give Guide were fairly close or exceeded their goal. And my hope is that that happens again or even better. Um, but it is. It's it's quite a ride as you see that money come in and there are days where fairly little money is donated and you go, what did we do wrong? And you're sitting there all day just like, what's happening? And then the next day, $100,000 is donated and you're just like on cloud nine and then the next day. And so there's a there's a up and down to those those two months. And so and I even get an email every time a, a gift is made. It's into a separate folder, but I, I will look at that and then I'll go to the site and refresh and it's just it's that's like almost a, seven thousand emails. <laughs> yeah, last year it was um, last year there were ten thousand two hundred gifts made by eighty four hundred people. So there was ten thousand two hundred emails. <laughs> it's I don't want it's kind of embarrassing to admit that I'm literally clicking on all of those. <laughs> Most of them though are in the last last week. I so. think that's actually fantastic to know that, yeah. that uh, it's, it's it's sort of almost a uh, handcrafted uh, fundraising that way that you yeah. are. So engaged with the details of it, I want I want to shift a little bit and talk about. There's awards. Yes, part of this is correct. The Give Guide is is both uh, encouraging and supporting mm-hmm. the nonprofits, but you're also recognizing four community leaders. Correct. Yeah, it's uh, called the Skidmore Prize. Uh, we did it. We've done it every year. Give Guide has existed, and uh, while people are applying on behalf of the nonprofit, there's also a nomination process, and the and they're fairly simple rules. They need to work at a local nonprofit. They need to be 35 and under. Uh, up until last year, it was 30, they made $35,000 or less. This year, it's, uh, we moved it up to $40,000. Um, and they need to work full-time, so uh, 32 hours a week or more. Uh, and this year, we had 50 nominees. and five zero. Five zero. F- okay. 50 nominees. Um, and we filtered that down to nine finalists who we then bring in and interview for about 30 minutes. And then this year we selected uh, four winners. I won't let you know who those are, but um, the, they are um, every year out. It's hard. It's a, it's a really hard choice because these are the people who have been nominated by executive directors, um, board presidents by a ton, you know, one individual this year had eight nominations from people all over the city. 
Uh, and, you know, really, we want both to, again, put a face on who these people are working at these nonprofits and, and, and how passionate they are. Some of these people have incredible life stories that led them to working in nonprofits. Uh, but at the same time, we want to give these people a boost and say, hey, we, we want you to know that you're doing exceptional work and we hope you keep with it because they're probably making less money than their peers are in, in the for-profit industry. They, they're very likely working harder hours and they're also probably, in many instances, doing work where, um, you know, if they're doing, you know, human service work, they're working with a lot of individuals who may never um, move beyond the situation in life that's troubling them. And they, every day they have to get up and they have to go back to the office and sit down with these people and hopefully help them break through and progress. Uh, not, not all the time. We also have people who do really fun, you know, have, you know, fun work that they do in the arts communities or with education, but a lot of them, it's a, it is a grind and, um, we need people to do this work and we hope that continue doing it. And so this, there's also a $4,000 prize. So it's like, maybe you want to go on a vacation or maybe you have a little debt that you need to pay off or whatever it is, a little, a little boost to get them to keep going. Uh, and That's what's, a nice. I mean, yeah. because you, the, one of the qualifications being making under forty thousand, you're giving a ten percent, yeah, uh, annual annual boost. That's nice. Yeah, it is, and uh, we feel very, very strongly about that. Some years we have businesses sponsor that. Some years we have to just, you know, we put the money up ourselves. Um, and uh, the stories about how people spend their money is pretty funny, but it's really up to them to um, spend it as they please. And, um. Yeah, it's it, it kind of regenerates my enthusiasm. It can be, for me, like I said, there's all these numbers that I'm thinking about and organizing all these programs. And so to sit down and, and in front of these people and kind of reconnect with the direct work they're doing is always, um, it's it's one of my favorite parts of, of doing this. Well, well, now the suspense is killing me. When, when, when will we find out who those four mm. finalists for the Skidmore Prize are? Uh, we'll, Skidmore Award. Yeah, we uh, we announced the Skidmore Prize winners at November third at the kickoff event, and that's kind of really the showcase of the evening is bringing them up on stage, recognizing them, allowing them to not allowing them, but giving them the opportunity to speak uh, in front of this nonprofit community that's in Give Guide, and let them talk about why they do what they love, and um, make sure that they get to thank the people who have supported them, and uh, it can be a very moving part of the the event depending on. Um, the space some years were in louder kind of more party the atmosphere is more of a party this year we're excited to be at revolution hall because it has a very nice auditorium and people sit down and politely listen which can be a struggle when people are excited and they have you know their appetizers and whatnot so yeah nick johnson uh, is the executive director for willamette week's give guide nick thank you so much for talking to us today and thank you for uh not only for for running the give guide but i think really just that overall creating this culture of giving yep. in Portland and and bringing a focus to uh, the Skidmore Prize winners and to you know hundreds of nonprofits that you guys have highlighted over the years. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and you know it's been an honor to have this job. And really, the nonprofits keep move, moving us forward, and their enthusiasm for this is I really this really is where the success comes from. So I tip my hat to them. Yeah. So, so one more time, uh, the the event at Revolution Hall, November third, and from then on until uh, New Year's Eve, people can uh, look at what nonprofits they want to give to, and and uh, and we definitely encourage uh, 
people to give uh, as as much and as often as possible. Yeah, we we just hope that you know in those two months, sit down and look at the groups and um, kind of look you know react to what uh, speaks to you, and hopefully you consider uh, supporting them before before that deadline. Um, Thank you, Nick Johnson from Willamette Week's Give Guide. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Nick. That concludes the main part of our show for today. For more information about the Media Institute for Social Change, which supports the production of the Nonprofit Hour Show, and to find out about their other educational programs, you can visit MediaMakingChange.org. Also, if you'd like to make a suggestion about an organization that should be featured on the Nonprofit Hour Show, you can contact me via email to jason.dennington at xray.fm. We'd like to thank our guest on the show this week, Nick Johnson of the Willamette Week Give Guide. And during the nonprofit news, Jenny Conley, who talked to us about the Notes of Hope benefit for the Hugh Housen Foundation. The show has been produced and edited by myself, Jason Dennington, and is recorded at the production studios of X-Ray FM. You can follow us on Facebook or via our Twitter handle, at Nonprofit Hour, and find archives of past shows on our SoundCloud page. We'd like to thank the Media Institute for Social Change, our regular hosts, Phil Bussey and Julie Falk, KXRY Radio X-Ray FM, and most of all, to you, our regular listeners. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to have you join us again next week at noon on Monday for the Nonprofit Hour Show. As we mentioned at the top of the show, one of the largest parts of the Give Guides kickoff event last Tuesday evening at Revolution Hall was to award the Skidmore Prize winners of 2015. In upcoming shows through the end of the year on this program, we will be bringing you individual profiles of each of the prize winners. Also at Tuesday's event was a remembrance of a 2006 Skidmore Prize winner, Rodney Bender, who passed away in September at the age of 44. Rodney was awarded the prize for his outstanding work at Growing Gardens. He worked there for over 10 years, becoming a community gardens technician with the City of Portland in 2013. He is someone who, with caring, compassion, and perseverance, worked to uplift people's lives and empower them to positively change the course of their futures. The Nonprofit Hour would like to take the rest of today's show to remember Rodney Bender. Here's Give Guide's Nick Johnson. When the position at Growing Gardens that I have now opened up, I immediately jumped on it. I knew that if I got it, I'd be the luckiest guy in the world. That was a quote from Rodney Bender in his profile from the 2006 edition of the Willamette Week Give Guide. In 2006, Willamette Week's Give Guide awarded a Skidmore Prize to Rodney Bender for his outstanding work at Growing Gardens. He spent over 10 years at his job before transitioning to the city of Portland as a community garden technician in 2013. We were saddened to hear about his passing in late September at the age of 44, and we thought we'd share a couple of remembrances from his colleagues. This is a remembrance from Devin Dinihanian, Huertos Program Manager at Growing Gardens. After his memorial, we all gathered at his home. It was the very apartment that had been the Growing Gardens office. Rodney and his partner had moved in when the office re- relocated. We all gathered in the backyard. There were apple Apple trees, fig trees, raspberries, and garden beds that were full of flowers, vegetables, and tall sunflowers. The pathways were hazelnut shells. I remember the first week I started, he had just ventured out to Boring, Oregon to get bags of them. They cushioned our steps as we walked around the garden, 
talking about him, but also sharing in the beauty of the garden that he had created, and had been himself, and been in himself not a week before. We shared in his presence, as I will continue to do for years to come. Whenever I find myself in a beloved garden in the city where he worked with such love and kindness. And now some words of remembrance from Growing Gardens Executive Director David Greenberg. Rodney was one of the most kind and gentle people that I've ever met. He was also one of the most powerful because he had a really clear vision of how people could learn to grow their own food. And in doing this really simple thing, they became more powerful and self-reliant themselves. That was Rodney's gift. In the 10 years that Rodney worked at Growing Gardens, he built hundreds of home gardens and he taught thousands of people how to use those gardens. I remember the first time that I volunteered to work with Rodney installing a food garden for a family in southeast Portland. Rodney organized everything. He recruited the home gardener to be. He got the soil tested for lead. He got the permits to dig in the yard. And almost magically at the right time, 10 volunteers arrived at the right address with all the tools and the wood and the soil and the compost that they needed to build the garden boxes. And for the next couple of hours, the volunteers worked with the family members, first turning over the soil and then constructing the garden boxes. By the time we left in the late morning, a brand new garden was born and a new family of gardeners was created. There was something almost magical about how easy it was for everything to come together. But I knew that behind the scenes, an enormous amount of care had gone into bringing us all together. And that was also part of Rodney's magic. He brought people together. And he did it year after year, family by family, gardener by gardener. As we build new gardens each spring and fall, I think about that wonderful day when I first got to experience what Rodney had to teach us. We came together to build a garden, but in doing that, we really helped build a community. And every time I see a garden anywhere in Portland, I think about Rodney. Anyone wishing to make a gift in Rodney Bender's memory is asked to donate to Growing Gardens. Rodney's partner informed us that he had been a lifelong fan of the music of the Grateful Dead, and in his honor, we conclude by listening to the song Ripple. If my words did glow With the gold of sunshine And my tunes were played On the harp of strung Would you hear my voice Come through the music Would you hold it near As it were your own It's a hand-me-down The thoughts are broken Perhaps they're better Left unsung I don't know don't really care Let there be songs To fill the air Ripple in still water When there is no pebble tossed Nor wind to blow Reach out your hand 
if your cup be empty If your cup is full May it be again Let it be known There is a fountain That was not made By the hands of men There is a road No simple highway Between the dawn And the dark of night And if you go No one may follow That path is for Your steps alone When there is no pebble tossed No wind to blow You choose To lead must follow But if you fall You fall alone If you should stand Then who's to guide you If I knew the way, I would take you home. La da da da. La da da da.